welcome, welcome. This is the official Plan Your Federal Benefits podcast. My name is Dallin Hawes. I will be your host today, and this is where we go over the tips and tricks and strategies to get the most out of your federal benefits and your federal retirement. So let's get into it. And as always, this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended to be investment, tax, accounting, or legal advice. Hello, hello, and good morning. My name is Dallin Hawes. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning for, for me, at least right now when I'm recording this. I hope you will have a great day today or had a great day if you're watching this in the evening. Today, we're going to talk about five of the biggest misconceptions the biggest myths that I hear all the time as I talk with, I converse with, I train, I communicate with federal employees all day long and some of the misconceptions that I hear from them all the time. And here are the top five. If I had to break it down to the top five, this is probably the five I'd pick. Now there's lots. There's lots of questions and misconceptions I hear all the time, but here are the top five. So if you get these, you are on your way to making sure you don't have any little mistruths or half-truths about your benefits going into retirement so that you can make the best decisions you can about your benefits. So let's jump right in. Okay, number one, myth number one. The myth is that I can't touch my TSP until 59 and a half. And this is sometimes true, but definitely not all the times. So, if you're still working, then yes, you can't touch it till 59 and a half. Or let's say a 401k or an IRA, you cannot touch those um, until 59 and a half. There's other rules that come into play, especially IRAs, if you're still working. But if you are retired, you can actually access your TSP at 55, earliest at 55. And if you are a air traffic controller or in law enforcement, sometimes the rules are a little different. We can access it at age 50, but for the average FERS, it's 55. So you can actually get to the money. Let's say you retire at 56. You can access sometimes your traditional TSP so that you can retire. You have some funds to work with and that you actually have the flexibility to retire. You have enough income. And so that is one myth I hear all the time. Say, hey, I'd like to retire, but I can't access my TSP so 59 and a half. It's like, well, maybe, sometimes, sometimes you can. You still might have to pay taxes. Okay, before I get any farther, let me make one little change to this. So you could always access your TSP, always. First, you could do it in a loan. Second, you could just withdraw. There, there just might be a penalty. If you take it out early, there'll be a 10% penalty plus the taxes you'd, you'd owe anyway. So just know that you can always access it. It's just at 55, like I mentioned, is the first time that you can access it without a penalty. You might still have taxes, but just without that penalty. So that's the big difference that I'm talking about. Okay, that's myth number one. Okay, myth number two. And the myth is that Medicare will replace your FEHB when you turn 65. That once you hit 65, you'll enroll in Medicare and it will just take over. It'll do everything that FEHB did and you'll just kind of walk off into the sunset. And that is unfortunately not true. Medicare is a great program. They do a lot of things really well, but um, often it is not sufficient 
for a number of people. Medicare Part A is free, assuming you paid into the system during your career. But Medicare Part B is a different question, whether that make, makes sense for you. Oftentimes, federal employees find that they feel the most secure when they have both, when they have both their FEHB and Medicare, because they fill in the gaps of each other. Medicare is good at some things, but some doctors, some providers, do not like Medicare-only patients, and so they won't see them. And so there's pros and cons there of, okay, maybe I don't want to pay my FEHB premiums, but then I won't be able to see my favorite doctor because he doesn't see Medicare-only patients. You have to look at your area, who you like to go see, and if that makes sense for you. I would be very hesitant, though, to get rid of your FEHB completely. There is a way to suspend your FEHB in retirement and then pick it up later, but if you cancel it, you would then no longer be able to get access to your FEHB down the road if you thought you'd need it. So that is the myth, that Medicare does not completely replace your FEHB. It is generally not as comprehensive. It generally doesn't cover as much. And so I'd make sure you understand how those all play together with your specific plan and your area so that you don't get stuck with one or the other and make a mistake there. Okay. Let's see here. Myth number three. And this one is an opinion based on facts. It is not facts by itself. And let me tell you why. So this myth is Social Security is going broke and it won't be around when I need it, when I retire. And some people use that as an excuse to take Social Security early just to get as much money as they can out of the system. And here are my thoughts. According to the facts, as of now, Social Security, I mean, this could cha have changed in the last couple of months with COVID and all the things, but as of pretty recently, the Social Security Fund had enough money, I think it was an extra $3 trillion of surplus, and that would be enough to pay out benefits completely 100% until 2035. And then at that point, the incoming revenue that the Social Security program would have is, is about to cover about 80% 80, 80 of benefits, okay? Now here's the opinion part. That, that's the factual part, at least according to the Social Security website. That's the factual part. Here's my opinion side. It is, or it would be, an extremely unpopular politician who decides to A, get rid of Social Security completely. I mean, I think that would be next to impossible. I think that would not happen. Of course, it could, I guess, right? It's an opinion. And two, just like in the past with other programs, when things have hit a deficient, the government has come up with something else, tweaking the tax here, um, increasing tax there, something to cover the gaps in some way. In my opinion, that is going to happen. They're going to tweak something here or there or whatever to increase revenue enough to make sure that they could pay out all the benefits that they promised the American people during their retirement. So again, that's my retirement, that's my opinion. Could it be different? Sure, sure, a lot of things could be different. Um, so one thing that I think we can know is that 
the program's not going completely broke, right? They're going to have plenty till 2035, and at that point, they have enough for 80% for of benefits going forward basically forever. And so a relatively small tweak would be needed to fill that gap. Um, and, but again, that's my opinion. I'd love if, if someone else has more facts than me and understands the situation better, I'd love to see it in the comments. Um, but, um, when clients are worried about this, I kind of walk them through the numbers and let them see what that might mean for them. Um, but in general, I am pretty darn confident that the social security program is going to be around for all of us. Um, but again, my opinion. Okay. Myth number four, and this myth is that I have to work at least 20 years to get a retirement from the federal government, and sometimes yes, sometimes yes, depending on when you want to retire. I think this myth comes from the old military days when you had to clock in your 20 years, and then only at that point you would be eligible to get a retirement check, but um, that's simply not the case. The FER system, the federal system, um, has a lot more nuances. Where, let's say if you're, your minimum retirement age is 57, you could retire if you have 30 years of service, you could retire at 57. At age 60, you, you can retire with an immediate retirement of 20 years. Or at 62, if you're 62, you could retire with only five years. And even earlier, let's say at 50, you could retire with a deferred retirement. Now there's pros and cons of that. Um, and you wouldn't get a retirement right away, all these things. But there is no, nothing about having to have 20 years exactly. There's nothing magical about that unless you're looking to get the 60, age 60 with 20 years immediate retirement. Um, and there's lots of rules in between. So yes, sometimes if, you, if you're looking for a specific type of retirement, then 20 years is required at a certain age. Um, but outside of that, there's nothing magical about 20 years. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, there's a few things, like for example, if you've had 20 years, um, at least 20 years, at 62, you'll get a bump to your, your pension. So there's a few perks of it, but um, it doesn't disqualify you by not having at least 20 years. So hopefully that makes sense. There's a lot of nuances to the individual rules and eligibility requirements for each type of retirement, but um, in general, um, you can retire earlier with less years, depending on your age and the system you're in. So, myth number four. Okay, last myth, myth number five. And that is, I have to take my money out of the TSP once I retire. The TSP is part of the government. Once I retire from the government, I have to leave. And that, that is not, not true. You can actually keep your TSP for the rest of your life if you want. There's pros and cons. A lot of people roll their TSP into an IRA, and there's pros and cons of that. I, um, I talked with a gentleman yesterday, actually. He was asking this exact question of, okay, I've got this big chunk of change in my TSP. What do I do with it? Do I keep it there? Or, I mean, what, what do I have to worry about? And so we kind of walked through the, the pros and cons of, do I roll into an IRA? And if I do, do I know how to invest in the private sector funds? Do I, am I familiar with those? Or am I more comfortable investing with the CSNI and GENF funds? Um, you know, what makes sense for me? And so it depends what you're trying to do. There's different withdrawal rules um, with the TSP. 
Um, there's different withdrawal rules with the TSP compared to um, the NIRA. And so depending on how much flexibility you want with the investments, with taking money out, that will determine kind of what you want to do. But to kind of bust the myth, you can keep it in the TSP forever. There's no issues there. Other than at age 72, um, and this applies to IRAs as well, so you're not going to escape it by rolling to an IRA, you will have a required minimum distribution, an RMD, where you have to start taking out a portion of your account um, just because the government said, hey, you've never paid money, ta you've never paid taxes on this money, we want to start collecting at least a portion, so they require pieces of it to come out. And that applies to the Roth TSP, traditional TSP, uh, traditional IRA, but actually doesn't apply to a Roth IRA. So if you could get money into a Roth, you might not have to, but you want to make sure that works for your tax situation as well. So those are the five myths that I hear all the time that are just not quite accurate, right? There's nuances where sometimes they're right, and that's generally where myth and myths and misconceptions come from, is where they're true sometimes, but not all the time. So people look at it as this broad blanket statement, it's just not, not accurate. And so knowing the nuances of how these kind of play together can really get you set up so that you're not, uh, not surprised, not shocked by anything that you might get, let's say when you apply for retirement or any, anything else that you're prepared and ready to go. So I hope this is helpful. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Make it a fantastic week and I'll see you next time. And again, thank you for making it to the end of my video, the end of my podcast. I hope this brought value to you and your life. My goal with this content is to bring as much value to as many people as I possibly can. So please, if you can, if this brought value to you, please show your support, subscribe, hit the thumbs up, comment, give me feedback about what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about, and how you can get more value out of this and so that I could do the very best I can to make this the best channel for my viewers, for my listeners, the very best I can. So again, thank you for being here and investing in yourself and in your future. And I will see you next week.